the story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40 shots on goal was 40 shots on goal was a little deceiving. Yeah. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower-tier teams. Here's Johnny! Nope, this is Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, here on the Bleed Blue Show. Good evening, Stephen. How are you? Mr. Ranger Proud, what's up, Frank? How you doing? I uh, got Glenn, Scott, Carl with us. Lots to discuss. I was actually, right before this episode, I was reading your article on Inside the Rink. Shout outs to you on Inside the Rink on what the Rangers should do at the deadline. We'll t- let's let's put that on the topic as a point of discussion. Uh, let's have some fun with that. But how are you, though, man? How you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. Things are going well. Hockey's fun. Work's horrible. You know, like everybody else, I'm doing fine. <laughs> All right, cool, because at the 50th minute of this episode, we will land the plane to get into our final thoughts. Uh, we got a packed house, Glenn, Scott, Carl, Marie, Girls of True Blue is with us. Let's, ha- let's get right into it, man, because I shouldn't overreact to losing to Columbus again, but... No, no. The last time Don't I overreacted, we like those people. people. But, but you want to be superstitious? Do you believe in superstition? Because the no. last time I reacted... Yeah, we went on a run. You don't want that to happen again? Listen, winning streaks are great, but nobody <laughs> wins every game, and whenever they lost, it was going to be a crappy loss. Because it's never a good right. loss, especially in Rangers Twitter, right? So you lose a game, the most important thing is now to bounce back. Don't lose two or three in a row and kind of ruin the 10-game winning streak. Now you bounce back. That's what good teams do. We all think they're a good team. Now we'll find out. All right, cool. Let's bring everybody on. Just a quick thought. Do not even say much. Just say hello, get on, so we can make sure we have enough time to speak. Because it's Matt Rempe and, and, his, and his boxing and the Rangers. He's on the marquee at all these arenas now, RP. Everybody wants a piece of the piece of the guy, man. <laughs> I talking yeah, about I know. Glenn, what's up, man? <laughs> Glenn, what's going on, man? How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good. And uh, like RP, I am not going to fall victim to uh, recency bias. Uh, you know, we can look at that game the other night and just kind of scratch our heads and say, what was that? But I prefer to uh, look at, uh, you know, the 10 games before that and, uh, you know, look at a team that seemed, uh, you know, like they were getting their act together. Uh, they uh, beat some bad teams. They beat some good teams. They had some memorable wins. And uh, I'm kind of riding off that, but uh, I'm still expecting to see a nice uh, – a 5-1 or a 6-2 slap down tomorrow of Colorado to uh, get even, or uh, Columbus to get even, and that'll make me feel a lot right. better about it. Hold your thoughts. Hold your thoughts, guys. shout out to Glenn. shout out to you, man. Scott, real quick, say hello, man. Just a quick hello. We'll get back to you. I promise, bro. Yes, yes. Good evening. Yeah, we can, uh, we, we can get into that Columbus game, and I will just say in my opening remarks that I am full-blown case of Ripley fever here, and I ordered my jersey <laughs> Sunday. Sounds good. <laughs> Nice. All right, shout out to Scott. Let's get to Carl. Carl, say hello to the peoples, man. How you doing, bro? A pleasant good evening, gentlemen. I will not be dropping the gloves right now. Uh, Scott and I, we did not discuss uh, dropping it during uh, during the pre-show, uh, you know, chatter. <laughs> so there will, there will not be there will not be any fighting here in the first five minutes. 
All right, cool. Call, Shout out to what Carl. Hold on, Scott. Hold on, Scott. Hold on. Marie, what up? Girls True Blue. How you doing, gal? How's everything? Everything all right? Good to hear from you. I am good, yes. Thank God. I am not a fighter. I am a lover. <laughs> right, cool. I love the rain. So let's in that respect. Yeah. Right, right. So let's do this but because we have a lot him. of people. We have everybody on, so let's keep it to three to four minutes for everybody to speak. Um, let's be, let's work our way backwards, RP. I'll lead off with you and go ahead and your thoughts because that was a very good win against the Flies. And when I was thinking about it, it, it hit me, and then they showed the graphic where Lafayette was the coach at one point with the Flyers when we had Tortorella, and it's like flip-flopped. And I was thinking about that, and then they showed it. I was like, oh, shoot, they did pick up on it. Yeah. But nonetheless, I'd rather had win the, get the win in Philadelphia because of mm-hmm. they're chasing us in the stands. Um, and then, you know, we could talk about the Matt Rempe, uh UFC stuff that's going on right now. Every um, seems like every arena he's going to, they, there's a fight to be challenged. And, and but nonetheless, the Blue Shirts got outplayed, especially uh, on the rush in Columbus on Sunday night. Your thoughts, RP? Your article inside the ring. Your, any thoughts on that? And then we're going to go right down the line, make sure everybody has time to speak for Glenn, uh, Scott, Carl, Marie, and then myself. Go ahead, RP. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, really quick, the, the Columbus game was a trap game. I said it from earlier in the week when I when I saw the schedule. It was going to be a tough game. There's going to be a lockdown. It's really impossible to keep playing at that level and making all those comebacks and, and, and all that hockey that they've been playing, you know, over the last couple of weeks. So I'm of this, I'm of, I keep saying the same thing. You're just not going to win every hockey game. And when you're on a winning streak like that and you – you're battling against to be the only team to win 11 in a row in the franchise history, yada, 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 and they lose. They don't just lose in New York. You just get dissected, which is which is a problem, but it is what it is. Personally, I, I, they're playing great hockey. Um, they still need to address the things that we've been discussing. They, they need a right wing. Obviously, the coach agree with it because at practice today, he put Kako back on the top line, put DC back down. I think he went to the third line. And it's been an ongoing issue all year. Now the problem is what kind of trade do you make? You know, you just won 10 out of 11 games. You don't really want to mess up your chemistry. But on the flip side, the lineup you have now probably won't take you deep into the playoffs. So that's why Jerry gets paid the big bucks, right? You have to figure out how to make it work to get a right winger. Probably need a right winger more than a center. Um, but we'll, you know, you'll see what transpires and then, in my article today, I just wrote down that, coincidentally, the three most talked about names for a potential right wing coming to New York are all ex-Rangers. Frankie Petrano, Anthony Duclair, Pablo Dushnevich. Dushnevich is the long shot. St. Louis isn't totally out of it. Uh, he still, I believe, has a year left on his contract, so he wouldn't be a rental, which means it might cost more. And then again, it might be somebody else. You know, these are just names that I was looking at and trying to, you know, throw out there that would definitely help the first-line situation. All three are good players. They're all familiar with New York. It wouldn't be that big of a transition coming here right off the bat. So we'll, uh, we're going to have to wait and see what Drury wants to do in the next nine, ten days. He has to do something. So he's been pretty productive and pretty successful in his trades up to this point. So we'll just wait and see what happens. And, you know, with regards to hockey and now you're getting down to the last 25 games or so, now you're just getting this team ready for the playoffs. 
that that's what it's all about. Get the power play going, get your defensive scheme going, your PK going. Try to get Dibana Jordan Crowder to score just a little bit more five on five. And uh, you know, once the trade deadline's made, everyone then they'll see what they're gonna do with Rempsey uh Rempe, excuse me, and, and Edstrom. Will they be able to keep both of them up? Will salary cap and, and trade personnel change things? That's all yet to be seen. But I tell you, it's been a hell of a lot of fun the last 10 games with Rempe, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it got sure a splash of hockey and UFC. With it, you know what I'm saying? On the marquee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every, he is, every start he is going to have to learn how to say, he is really quick, he is going to have to learn how to pick his fights. He can't fight with everybody that challenges him in warm-ups and on the ice. He's going to have to learn to skate away a little bit. Because the other night I mm-hmm. thought he got a concussion. When he got hog-tied down and banged his head, you, the last yeah. thing they needed for that to happen, too. So, you know, he's going to have to – and he's young. He, he he likes it. But eventually someone's going to tag him yeah, as big as he is. So he'll, he'll learn. I'm sure a lot of you talking to him and, you know, other coaches, players on the team, true, but things like that. you got to – got to take your spots a little bit. Sometimes it's not, nothing wrong to say, I'm not fighting you right now. Or try to dupe him into a double minor or a minor for delay a game, something stupid like that. But he'll learn. Right now it's just entertaining. And, and he's playing that – they're both playing very well, I think. I, I like – those two guys that made Goudreau's name come up more in, in the fourth lines and playing that style of hockey that I know everybody here on the panel likes. So it's been fun to watch. Right, right. Let's go to Glenn and get his thoughts, and then after that, Scott, and then Carl, and then Marie. Uh, go ahead, Glenn, your thoughts. Uh, Igor's been playing well. He continues to, uh, the good play since the All-Star break. Your thoughts, Glenn, on the last couple of games, and then we'll move on. Yeah, seems uh, like Igor is back. I mean, it's been a roller coaster ride most of this season, so he's going to have to do it for more than three games uh, to have me totally convinced and confident in him. But uh, uh, I see no reason why he shouldn't be able to. He's shown this before. Uh, and if he's, uh, you know, going to uh, uh, at this point get on a roll and, you know, you got quick that you can throw in there to give him some intermittent rest. Uh, the other thing is, you know, they've got three games, I think, in the, in the next 12 days, uh, which I think is great because anybody who's got some bumps and bruises, uh, you know, they can heal them up. Uh, the goalies can get rested. I think it's coming at a, a great time uh, to have a little bit of a break like this. Um, you know, you you hope it doesn't kind of mess with the momentum that uh, they built during the 10-game uh, uh, stretch that they won. But, uh, you know, I think it's a good time for this to happen. Um, as far as the Columbus game, you know, it's, the Rangers have always had a lesser team uh, that they have trouble beating over the years. I remember, you know, for it's Columbus right now. I remember they could never win in Buffalo. Uh, they could never – they went the years without winning on the island and, and in years when the Islanders weren't that good. Um, you know, so there's, there's always been a team that, uh, the Rangers have a tough time beating that you kind of wonder why. Uh, and, and I think that was totally a trap game the other night. Uh, it, uh, it was a trap game for me. I was just kind of, uh, figuring, well, it's a matter of what the score is going to be, not, uh, who's going to win. And, uh, so I kind of fell into that trap a little bit too, but, uh, um, you know, it, it, you guys know, I watch a lot of hockey and, um, it's amazing how many times you see lesser teams either beat or play very well against some of the top teams. Uh, you know, uh, uh, teams like uh, uh, San Jose and, and Anaheim and Columbus, obviously, and, you know, Buffalo and even Ottawa. Um, you know, they give some of these teams a hard time. And, 
And it's probably, you know, a matter of being a trap game for all of those top teams where you think you just got to throw your uh, your gloves on the ice and, and you're going to win. And, you know, these teams play, uh, you know, they got a lot of guys that are trying to stay in the NHL or make it in the NHL, uh, trying to make an impression. And, uh, you know, this is the NHL. So if you go out there and you're not uh, playing uh, at your best or you're not giving it your best, uh, these teams have a, a, a chance to come back and bite you. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's just one of those games where, uh, you know, I mean, they won 10 in a row. Uh, and, and the other thing is that that last game was their fifth game in, in eight nights, I think it was. So, you know, I mean, we tend to think these guys are robots sometimes and they can just, uh, you know, play, wind them up and they just go. Uh, but, you know, I thought they lacked a little bit of energy on Sunday too. So they might have been a little low on uh, – on gas, so I'm willing to give that a pass, even though, uh, you know, when the game was over, I was uh, kind of stunned and wondering what, what that was. As far as Rempe, yeah, I mean, it's been fun, you know. I mean, he can't have a fight every night. Uh, I think Carl had mess- messaged, uh, messaged us uh, or me the other night about, uh, uh, you know, that it's unsustainable, and I said, well, never bothered Ty Domi. But uh, on the other hand, this is in 1992, yeah, and the game has changed, so you can't really, you know, do that all the time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, those two guys have, you know, I mean, Rempe, everybody is talking about Rempe because of the fights, and that's what you see on the highlights. But, you know, he's banging bodies. He's going to the net. I mean, he had that goal uh, uh, go off him uh, when he was standing right in front of the net screen, the goalie, uh, and uh, Edstrom, too, as well. So, uh, you know, this gives this team a dimension, uh, a characteristic that they didn't have. The Rangers have never been looked at as a, you know, a hard-nosed, banging kind of team. And uh, I think, you know, these two guys, if they could play well, uh, to give them, you know, to, to suit them up for, you know, eight minutes or ten minutes for a game to, to bring a little uh, energy and a little bit of uh, uh, grit to the team – um, you know, I, I think it's a great element for them to have going into the playoff, and I think it's going to come in real handy. You're going to have teams uh, and, and players looking over their shoulder, uh, checking out where these two guys are, where they're out on the ice. So uh, I just hope they can continue to tribute, contribute in other ways uh, to keep them on the ice, uh, you know, for a, a good enough number of minutes to, uh, uh, to make it worth it. All right, cool. Let's go to Scott and get his thoughts. Go ahead, Scott. Go ahead, fire away, man. Floor is yours, bro. Um, yeah, first of all, I have zero concern about Sunday's game. Like, none. I mean, no 10-game win streak, hats off, standing O. Uh, you know, there are a lot of contenders in there that they beat, not to mention a couple teams, the Flyers, the Islanders, the Devils, uh, that are fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, that we came out on top and completely manhandled and embarrassed to death. I don't want to say manhandled because the Devils did have a shot advantage, but, uh, you know, we, we pretty much embarrassed them there. Um, so, you know, that, that Saturday game was a, you know, a typical just vintage Rangers-Flyers game, hard-fought, you know, one-goal game down to the wire, uh, one of those chess match, you know, nobody – who's going to make the first mistake kind of, kind of games. And then, you know, for the 10th straight win, again, the Flyers, a, uh, you know, a way ahead of the curve that they were supposed to be in and, and 
Yeah, but you could, you could arguably say they're still they're fighting for their playoff lives as well. They're on the you know the good side of the bubble, unlike the Devils and the Islanders. But uh, you know, they're, they're nothing is is certain for them. So uh, you know that was a huge win. So to follow up, you know, win number ten the next day, they were clearly out of gas. And Columbus, for all of their bottom feeding, is a very dangerous offensive team. Um, you know, Sam and Joe pointed that out that uh, they're. They're, they're terrible defensive goaltending, and that's their problem. Uh, but offensively, they're very dangerous. I mean, they they were just unstoppable on the rush, and you know the Rangers were gassed, and they they clearly needed a day off, and um, they were. I know we've been very successful on the on the back end of the of the back to backs this year, but uh, the Rangers were clearly gassed and just couldn't keep up with Columbus. And I'm perfectly okay with it. In fact, I would rather it. I'm actually glad it was a team like Columbus because if it was a contending team uh, where they looked that poor against them, you know, we'd be sitting here talking about, well, here we go again. Uh, you know, the win streak was nice, but now we've got a team we're going to play in the playoffs. Can we beat them? So at least we don't have to worry about that. Um, I'm, I have no concern at all about Sunday. Now, the important thing is now they play them again tomorrow with some rest. Now we have to show that we are an infinitely better team than them, and we have to win tomorrow, and I'm not worried about that. If they win tomorrow uh, in regulation, then all is forgiven. Even uh, about Sunday, but I, I, I'm not worried about that. Um, as for uh, uh, yeah, as as for Rempe, yeah, I, I totally uh, I'm totally on board with him. I mean, just you know, the interview with him after the game when he when he scored that game winner. Uh, I mean, you know, like how do you not like this kid? I mean, he's just so nice, so humble. Kind of reminds me of. Uh, um, and the, the movie Goon, when um, you know, toward the end, when Sean William Scott meets up finally with uh, with Lee Schreiber, you know, Ross Ray in the diner uh, the night before, uh, you know, the night before they're about to finally go at it, and he's just so, uh, you know, it's his idol basically, and then you know, a couple hours before they're going to beat the crap out of each other, and just you know, really shows like the like the hockey etiquette. I know we touched on the uh, the etiquette uh, last week. Uh, just the etiquette involved in the fighting. And, um, you know, it's great that, you know, all these guys are, uh, you know, specifically the Matt Martin thing. I don't know if we really uh, pointed out exactly how that went down. And, you know, Matt Martin came up to him before the uh, start of the game, the outdoor game, and said, congrats on your your NHL debut. You want to make it memorable. And so, you know, I got to give him credit for that. Um, but yes, it is not sustainable to do it every night, and everybody's. Uh, uh, hopefully, there's no rematch from uh, from Sunday's fight. Uh, hopefully, they they got that out of their system because that one did not go very well for uh, for him. And everybody's now uh, you know talking up hype about Ryan Reeves on Saturday with Toronto, and I don't want to see that. Um, you know, Ryan Reeves hits real hard. We're all familiar with that. Uh, hopefully, he does not. If he gets challenged, you know that that's one thing about him being a 21 year old kid is. I don't know if he's, uh, you know, if he's got the common sense and, you know, to turn down one of these challenges. But if Ryan Reeves gives him the option in the pregame, hopefully he does not take him up. I don't want to see that. You know, he needs a couple days to uh, to, to not fight and recover. But, um also on the playing side, I think one of the one of the things that I, I absolutely believe that one of the things that's contributed to this uh, to this run is that fourth line. Um, you know, we were we've been saying all year that they didn't really have any consistency in that fourth line, and so you got these two guys, uh, you know, in Edstrom, and, and I love that they're uh, they started calling them the Twin Towers, and I hope that that catches on. Uh, you know, the, you know, in Edstrom and, and Rempe, uh, and you know they're actually decent. You know, Rempe's actually 
definitely got some speed for how big he and big and lanky he is. But um, you know, they, they scored goals two games in a row. Rempe got the game winner, um, you know, in that Philly game, uh, and and then Sat uh, Sunday they um, you know they got another one. We thought Rempe got that one too, but it, you know it hit off of. Uh, hit off of uh, the, the, the Columbus guy. But uh, then there was another opportunity when, uh, you know, there was a loose puck in, in, in front and he took a couple of whacks at it and uh, the goalie made a big save uh, with the glove. But um, they're actually, you know, in addition to banging the bodies and, and, and being physical and, 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 and that aspect of what you want out of a fourth line that we have really haven't been getting all year, uh, they can actually, they're getting some scoring chances, which is really nice to see. And we're definitely going to need that, um, you know, in, in our bottom six. And I think that's been one of the, uh, you know, one of the things we've been lacking all year. Um, and, and one thing that, that, that I said, uh, and I, and I said it a couple times and I said that, uh, I believe that the, the success of this team, as far as cup contending depends on all comes down to, to Lafreniere and Kako and, you know, Steele, I'll give you my ginger report right now. Um, it's a plus, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not afraid, you know, I, I am, I'm more than happy to, uh, you know, to eat a big, uh, a big shit sandwich when, when need be. And I'm more than happy to eat it right now on Lafreniere. I got to give this kid credit. Um, um, you know, the, the and, and both of them, they, they've taken their game to a higher level, um, and you know they're filling out the top six. Now, don't get me wrong; I still think that we that we could use a you know a top notch right wing, and then whether that means first line or third line or you know I you know I don't know. That's up to Laviolette, but I think we definitely still need a, a, a right wing. But Kako and Lafreniere are playing at, at the level that we needed them to play at, and we're hoping that they would play at. And what's really impressed me about Lafreniere recently is some of the goals that he's scoring. That was my biggest complaint about him because he was getting, um, you know, I, I, I know that the, his five-on-five five numbers were, over the past few years, were, you know, amongst the highest on the team. And, you know, we, we, that's not, not, not doesn't say all that much, you know, because five-on-five five has been a problem for a couple of years now with this team. But, um, but my, my concern was that he wasn't getting those elite sniper goals and, you know, all the goals he was scoring were goals that anybody could score. <laughs> all right. Let's go, let's go to Carl. Shout out to Scott. Thank you very much. And then let's go to Carl and then oh, I, Marie. Oh, I got played off. I got, you, you gave me the Oscars uh, speech too long music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, time, the timer went off, man. The timer went off. Go ahead, Carl. Fair enough. Okay. We're, 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 put, we're putting Scott in the penalty box for the uh, for the next two minutes. Double minor uh, for for, inter, for interference on that. Um, but you know the week's been good. Listen, I, I thought you know when when you saw to RP's point when the schedule had the afternoon game in Philadelphia set up with the the game the next day in Columbus. And the set, you watched that the way that game Saturday. It was such an emotional you know game on both ends that when the game was over, I said, boy, there's a schedule loss coming now. And you, as you watched the first 20 minutes of that Columbus game on Sunday, I was just like, yeah, I got a, got a bad feeling about this. And I know Joe was trying to say, I remember before the start of the third period, Joe was mentioning, he said, you know, Columbus is minus 35 in the third period of these uh, of these games in terms of goal differential. I was like, well, you know, maybe the Rangers got a shot. But I was like, you know what, sometimes it just – it's just sort of one of those things where it's just not going to work out. And a couple minutes in, you can kind of tell where the game was going to go. And so, unfortunately, it just you know didn't didn't go. Now, had if there was a if there was a day of space in between the Philly game and the Columbus game, I think the Rangers would have had a much better chance with back-to-back schedule loss. Hey, it's just kind of how it goes. Tomorrow night should be a different story. So I'm not really uh, all too concerned. I know there's been a lot of 
Um, actually, no, I'll get to that in a second. But, uh, you know, we were just talking about Lafreniere just now. Remember I was saying a couple weeks ago that I thought he was suffering from a case of bad luck. And the luck is coming, is turning around for him lately. You know, I have to see his goals in the last 10 games. I think the number is six. I have to, I have to verify mm-hmm. that just to be sure. But I think six is the number. But that's the thing. It's like, you know, eventually, like, he, there was no way – he was going to be able to, 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 you know, not have some of these pucks go in the net. Eventually, it was going to work for him, and now he's finally getting some. And it's also get, leading to some sort of like positive reinforcement, right? That the that the work he is putting in, you know, is 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 leading to results. It's, you know, I know sometimes a guy can get down where it's like, damn, like is anything going to go in, you know? But he's finally getting some results, and he's, you know, he's. I feel like overall he's had a very good season. Um, you know, is he is he going to be? Is he? Let's put it this way: Is he going to live up to the number one pick in the draft? It's unlikely. So I think you might want to temper now. You know, your expectations of him being I don't know, pick, you know, Jack Hughes or uh, you know Patrick Kane was in the first pick. Like those, like those, that, those type of players who you might have thought you know the Rangers were getting. Maybe he's going to have to fit into a role where maybe he's not going to be that. He's going to be something else that's going to be slightly lesser than that. And you just sort of accept that as it, as it goes along here. Igor, what can you say about him? He's stealing hearts out there. That game in Philadelphia was tremendous. Um, as we look ahead here to the trade deadline, I think the question now that the Rangers sort of have to ask themselves is, okay, and I keep I, I was thinking about it today before we had the show that old Mike Keenan conversation with, um, with management before the trade deadline where he went to everybody and said, even though the team had a great record and it, you know, it seemed like everything was on, on pace, he said, I don't think we can win the Cup, guys. And that led to the moves that were made. Now, the salary cap is, is not the factor that, then that it is now. So you have to sort of say, okay, well, where on the margins can – you know, can can this go go down? I saw a I saw a trade proposal. I think it was on ESPN earlier today, where it was where the Rangers were gonna you know you know one trade that was just kind of just mentioned in passing, like oh maybe the, this team would. I think it was a, an Adam Henrique and Frank Petrano trade in in, in exchange mm-hmm. for Goudreau, a first round draft pick and something else. And I was like, oh, I could probably be talked into that maybe, but you know, it's, it's, we've got what ten more days to figure that out. So. You know, those, those kind of things are going to come about. I think Tarasenko is being mentioned, but because of the fact that he had he was on the roster as of, like, June 30th last year, there's a date issue that's in play where in order to make that happen, some salary has to go back the other way or there's, there's some other, you know, there's all these sort of, you know, logistical things that are in place in order to make some of these things happen. You know, the fact that the NHL has been sort of flat on the salary cap the last three, four years is, is basically a, a hamper on the whole league. And I think it's kind of tra- – it's, it's taken some time, but it's sort of dragged all of these teams down to a point where, you know, everybody is kind of, at least this season, kind of on the same level. Like if I took a hat and put five or six or ten teams in a hat and, I, and you picked one of them out, you could probably make a case that that team would win the cup this season. Now, that's kind of the way this year is playing out. There's no one that sort of stands out above the rest. And so, you know, we'll just have to see how, you know, how the Rangers want to approach this. And then on, on the Rempe front, like I told you guys on Sunday, you know, the first time I saw, you know, I saw this at the subway, at the uh, stadium series game, I said, all right, this is cool. Second time I saw it, I'm like, all right. Third time I saw it, I said, okay, wait a second, time out. I don't know if this is going to continue. Like, we're going to have to kind of slow this down. I saw a picture of his face today at, 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 the, at the skate. He's got a black – it looked like his – it just something is not looking right with that, man. 
you know, these guys are basically challenging him before these games, and he's going the, going this route. Like, I feel like the Rangers kind of have to step in and be like, hey, listen, you know, you don't have to do this. Like, I, it would almost be advised not to do this, because when he's actually playing, when you take that part away, he's being very effective as a player, being in front of the net, you know, giving, you know, the minutes that he's giving. I feel like if he can give you an eight to ten minutes of – of quality play, that would certainly make up for the fact that he's, you know, dropping the gloves every night. And, you know, you're going to run into the wrong guy. It's kind of like the UFC. So, you know, you're not going to go undefeated. You know, you're going to run into some, some wrong guys here and, and you know, that, that kind of thing. And I was looking up his history going into the league. He was not this fighter in, in, in the, uh, in, in coming up the ranks. It, I have the numbers. I think it was seven fights in a hundred games and it's four fights in eight days. Like, wait a second. These, this math is not adding up. So I don't know if he it was instructed to do this, if this is something he's just deciding to do on his own. He's trying to make a name for himself, kind of like a pro wrestler, you know, trying to get over with the crowd. I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit confused because if he had this – it's not like he had the reputation and then brought it to the league. He hasn't necessarily had this. So that's just kind of got me kind of wondering, and I'm, you know, trying to look out for the kid here. But, you know, he's going to – you know, they'll pull his – you know, the way he's – you know, acting right now, performing right now. He's going to have a jersey in the Raptors by the end of the month. So, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out. But that's all I got for now. Cool, man. Shout out to you, Carl. Thank you very much. And we go back to Marie. Uh, Marie, go ahead. Your thoughts on the blue shirts. Uh, all right. The winning streak comes to an end. Yeah, go ahead. That's go okay. Like I, like, like I echo a lot of what the gentleman was saying about, like, you know, it's okay. You, you may have to lose one or two games as long as, like, it's not going to turn into anything more than that. And I I look at that game, and I and then I, I look at the Stadium Series game, and that's a game where, you know, for years we couldn't beat the Islanders when Halak was in that. We couldn't do it on opening night. And I look at that game, and I, I say that was unbelievable what we did, right? And it was back-to-back. I think they, were, they ran out of steam. Uh, it, you know, it wasn't playoffs. It's just, and that's it in their mentality. And as far as, you know, repping and fighting, I think he's setting a precedence. I, I don't think it's a bad thing. And I don't, I think he is, he's very, because he's so tall, it could be sometimes awkward when he fights because you could be a great fighter and not be tall. And I think that now after what happened, someone said it before, you know, he got thrown to the ice and you want to be careful because you don't want the kid to get hurt either. I think it's good he set his precedence and, and now move on and don't don't take every challenge that someone gives you in pre-skate and, and, you know, be the better person and play hockey. Um, he set his precedence. He's a fighter. He'll go back at you. Uh, he'll drop his gloves. Uh, but, again, that game the other night, it was a game. We lost it. And time so, you know, we move on. Just like they say, like the guys say, you know, we got to move on. We learn from it. And I, I look at you know, the points that we've scored. And, and as far as Igor is concerned, um, uh, I, I, I always remain hopeful. You know, I know Hank went through it. You know, it, what happens when they go on those uh, losing streaks and, and the backups in net, and, I, you know, it affects their confidence. And I think, you know, them winning in front of Igor and playing better in front of him is going to help his confidence. And that's all I got. I, I, I'm, I, I'm good with the Rangers right now. I think we're in a good place. And I have to hop All right, you got any more? I had a, a business call. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Do your thing. Shout out to you, Marie. Thank you for joining us here on the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. Uh, I'll be real quick, and we'll go right back to RP. Uh, listen, uh, it looks awkward. 
um, because of his height, uh, Matt Rempe, the you know, started these games. What I see, you know, from a boxing standpoint, he has the reach. He just doesn't have the power, and a lot of the guys are shorter in stature and stronger, and if they get the inside on him, it could get a little bit ugly. So I'm kind of with you guys, of course. Like, we've got to kind of tone that down a little bit. We're going to probably need you, especially with that fourth line, which Scott alluded to uh, with him playing very well. They don't play a lot of minutes, but him and Adam Enstrom play pretty pretty effective minutes when granted – there are seven to eight minute opportunities on that fourth line, so I am cool what they bring, and especially with the un- the most underrated part is the screen because he's so tall. You know, he can stand tower over a goalie, and and you might get some lucky caroms off of his skate or his stick, like he did on Saturday. Um, one guy we we've kind of brought up over time this season, and I still want to give him his just due, and he kind of. Goes under the radar with a lot of fans, probably not on this platform. And that's Will Cooley. I mean, he was a physical beast against Philadelphia, and he has got to get some kind of recognition and a shout out as well for his play, especially on Saturday. Um, I will go back to RP on. Oh, before somebody, I don't know about trap game because I never heard of a double trap. So, so is is a trap game against because we're playing Columbus back to back back to back games. It can't be Columbus is a trap game for Columbus, right? Or are we saying we're overlooking no. Columbus twice to look at Carolina? Is that what you guys were trying to say? Because no. that part I didn't quite understand. No, but, no. Um, I, I, no it's, just a schedule, it's, it's a schedule loss. You see it in the NBA. It's a schedule loss. thing, right. The, the, oh, because I kept the hurrying trap Philadelphia, game. But... The, the Philadelphia game at 3 o'clock, the arrival, you win your 10th in a row, and then the next day a 6 o'clock game in Columbus, what was it, the fifth game in eight days, or whatever the heck it was. It just, it just, it was a trap game because you just knew it was going to take their toll somewhere. The wheels were going to fall off, and that had all the, you know, point things at it. But then they were off. That was Sunday, right? So they were off Monday and Tuesday. The game's tomorrow or Thursday? I forget. Well, when do you play so, tomorrow? Tomorrow. tomorrow. Right. Yeah, tomorrow. so that's 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 three. That's the tomorrow. Tomorrow, if they lose to Columbus, they just played a crappy game. You could say that now, but it's not a trap game. Now, no, now but I kept on hearing trap games. People kept on mentioning It wasn't so much because of the team. You know, it could have been the Ottawa Senators. It, it could have been any – to me, the trap game is any non-conference or non-divisional game when you're really on a good roll. And, or, or even if you, like, take two out of three, let's say you play the Islanders and the Capitals and, you know, those are big games, and then you play, you know, Detroit. Or then you play Chicago and that, that enthusiasm, that, that – different level of play, you know, you, you, we always say you need to step up. Those kind of games, you kind of step down and you play at that level, which the Rangers did with Columbus, that that was a trap game. Now, if you do well, two games in a row, now it's a losing streak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Rangers two yeah. set on fire. So my last thoughts on that, and then, um, listen, obviously defensively in transition, that's where the Rangers lost the game on Sunday. They definitely looked tired, and I understand the broadcast brought up the point that, the second point, the second game of back-to-back, the Rangers were undefeated up until that point, so they were kind of due for one. I think they were nine and zero or something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, real quick, on to the rest of the NHL, and I'll go back to RP. As far as Philadelphia, like I said, I think three weeks ago, as well as they have been playing, I do not see that sustained in the month of March. I think I said it on the, an episode a few weeks ago. But again, Washington, St. Louis, who's fighting for their lives, at uh, they got Florida. Tampa Bay, Toronto, Boston, Toronto, Carolina, Boston, Florida. No way they survived that. 
in March with that lack of scoring. I, I know they got will and defense, but no, no way. They, they, I, I expect them. And I don't. The question, the argument, if you guys want to answer, especially Glenn, um, who takes their place? Is it Washington, who's kind of been hanging around? Is New Jersey going to get past them? I don't know. Part two, and also okay. Columbus. And I, this goes back to the uh, start of the season. And I still haven't gotten to the bottom of that situation with Babcock. Like, I don't even know. If you guys could fill me in, cool. So I'll pass the mic back off to RP because I still don't know why he got fired. I know for personal reasons, looking at cell phones allegedly or something. I don't even know the story, man. It was weird. Yeah. But they're in the disarray. Their that roster is a disarray, man. And it's going to be like that for the next couple of seasons, even with Johnny Goodrow and and then Laney's out and all that. So RP, your thoughts? Anything else you'd like to say with the Blue Shirts? Rest around uh, uh, the NHL. Then we will get down to every uh, everybody. We got like 15 more minutes before we land the plane. Yeah, you know. It's funny right now when you look at the the playoffs. The Flyers are in the th- uh, are the third team. The Rangers, Carolinas, and Philadelphia, they have sixty seven points. But if they fall out of the top three, well, then they may not even make it into the wild card because sixty seven points puts them behind Detroit and Tampa Bay, and they're only four points ahead of the Capitals and five points ahead of the Devils. So it's it, it's it's going to go really down to the wire because ever since the whole thing happened with, with the Flyers goalie and, and the Canadian national team and the sexual assault thing and they lost their starting goalie, they've been pretty much in, in a tailspin. The Capitals have been trying to step up to get something going. The Devils just seem to can't get out of their own way when they start winning hockey games. So <laughs> the Islanders, believe it or not, somehow are tied with the Devils with 62 points, but that's because of that damn overtime rate because they have 14 overtime losses. So the Islanders have lost 14 times in overtime, and it's the equivalent to seven wins. Get that. That's ridiculous. Seven wins is 14 points. 14 overtime losses is 14 points. So the Islanders are 24, 20, and 14 for 62 points. And the Devils are 29, 25, and 4. Same amount of games, 58 for 62 points. Yeah. Tell me there's something, there's something needs to be changed with the overtime. But that's for another discussion. But because of that, <laughs> the island, but because of that, the Islanders, as bad as they're playing, are only a few points out of a, uh, out of third place. The wild card would be harder for them because they're. Five points out of uh, behind Tampa Bay for number two, and they're uh, eight points behind Detroit for the number one. But if they could catch the, the Flyers and knock them out of the third spot, so the Devils and Capitals and Islanders all have something to play for. Actually, the Penguins do too. They have 60 points. It, the, the bottom part of the playoffs, you know, to make the playoffs, it's just going to be an incredible run. And whoever gets hot is going to get into that spot like Florida did last year. But you know, when you're looking at some of these, you know, as I'm just looking through the playoffs, you, you look at some of these numbers, you know, 14 overtime wins. You should not be putting a team into – overtime losses, excuse me. should not be putting a team into the playoffs, but they're right there. So I've been saying this for years. They need to revamp the point system on here or just get rid of the whole you – know, go back to ties. Boston's so. in a similar position as well. They're 30, yeah, 12, Boston and 14 right. as well. Right, 14, that's another one, 14 points, and they're leading. It, it's crazy. It, 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 I, don't think, I don't think they thought 
the format would break down the way it is. I mean, the Boston's last 10 games, they're 3-2-5, and five, and yet with the overtime, the, those five overtime losses gave them five points, and it's leapfrogged them over the Panthers in the first place, even though the Panthers have two games in hand. It, there's something mm-hmm. way off with it. I, I'm, I don't know if the league's even looking at it or not. They may not even care, but from a fan standpoint, you're being rewarded seven wins to lose hockey games. It's, it's odd. It doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, and, so. sh- and, and, and the shoot. I remember this is probably about seven, it was about seven or eight years ago. I remember the, <clears throat> the L.A. Kings missed the playoffs, and basically the difference between the team that made it, I think it was Calgary at the time, and L.A., was the difference in like five shootout losses. Right. Like, that's, you just, that was the difference. You, you like, just, it ugh. just can't write. It, it, and I always say it. Uh, uh, um, something they used to do at the end of the practice to decide who would buy beers after practice is now determining who makes it into the NHL playoffs. How how can – the league is losing – and I know Scott talks about this all the time with, with certain things the league does. The league is losing their morals. They're, they're losing that prestige of the NHL. Because to me, they're giving away games. They're giving away points. And it's something that's really got to be changed. I don't know how. I don't know the best way to do it. But that's just that's just ridiculous in my eyes. Okay. That's all I got to say right. on that. All right. Shout-outs to RP. Uh, Glenn, and then Scott, and then Nicole, and if Marie is still on with us with the order, Marie. But we got to you know, speed it up because of the time. But, uh, Glenn, your thoughts, uh, blue shirts, uh, blue jackets, and flyers, anything or around the rest of the NHL, and then we'll get to Scott and then Carl and Marie. Yeah, I'll try to be quick on everything. Uh, one thing that I noticed when uh, uh, all you guys were talking were, uh, you know, well, somebody is talking about uh, what Rempe and Edstrom are done, doing on the fourth line, and uh, somebody else mentioned uh, the job Cully is doing. And uh, somebody else mentioned, uh, you know, uh, Scott, I think it was A-plus for, uh, on the Ginger Report. Uh, you've got uh, Kreider and, and Mika uh, starting to wake up a little bit in that 10-game streak, too. And I think if you look at that, I mean, that's what you want. That means every line is working. Um, and, and they're right where they should be. And that's, you know, the result was that 10-game winning streak. Um, but, you know, for a while there, it seemed like they were – relying a lot on that second line that was, uh, uh, you know, uh, getting all the production. But now it's spread out, and that's, that's what you want. I think that's a great sign, you know, going forward, and hopefully they can keep that up. Um, as far as the uh, – yeah, as far as the standings, I still think that it's going to be three teams out of the Metro. I think, you know, most of you guys probably do uh, because, uh, you know, the Red Wings are actually beating the Caps tonight 5-2. Um, so uh, if they win, they're going to go to 72 points, which will give them, uh, let's see, let's give them a, uh, uh, you know, pretty much a nine point cushion in the playoffs. Uh, and, and, uh, Tampa is right behind them, but I don't see Tampa as a team that's going to fall apart going down the stretch either. So, uh, I think it's going to be hard for any of that combination of Washington, the Devils, the Islanders, uh, Pittsburgh, you know, to me, is done. I think Pittsburgh's done. Uh, I, I saw they just lost uh, Brian Rust for uh, for a while now too, and he had been uh, put up in the uh, put up on the first line. And you see the talk about uh, possibly moving Gensel. Uh, so I think Pittsburgh is starting to uh, look at this season as uh, the, you know they're not going to make it, and 
going to be interesting to see if they decide to continue on trying to keep winning while Crosby is there. I think they will. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think, I think their, their window has shut and I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, and as far as, uh, you know, the, a lot of this is going to depend too on March 8th, you know, who gets who on March 8th. Um, if you want to tell me the devils, there's been rumors about, uh, depending what Calgary does between now and then that they might move Markstrom. Uh, if the devils get Markstrom, you know, then that's probably a, a shot in the arm to, to them. Um, you know, and their goaltending has really been their, their biggest problem. So maybe you look at them as a team that might be able to leapfrog over Philly. Uh, but, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know about Washington. I watch a lot of Washington games. I just, I, I don't see it in watching them that I think they're going to go on, uh, enough of a run to, to overtake Philly, uh, even though they're close. Uh, the Islanders again, I know Scott is a big fan of those charity points, uh, and, uh, you know, we all go back to, and I certainly go back to the time when, uh, you know, games that were tied at the end of 60 minutes ended in ties. So, I mean, basically that's what an overtime or a shootout loss is. It's the point you would get if they just went back to doing ties. Uh, so, you know, that's been around in the NHL forever. But, uh, you know, I tend to look at – when I look at teams, uh, I don't look at the NHL record. I look at the real record. So if you look at Boston, you know, 34, 12, and 14, to me, they're 34 and 26. Um, And you look at a team like, you know, you look at the Rangers, 39, 17, and three. So they're 39 and 20. They're 19 games over, yet they're still pointed behind Boston. So, uh, you know, it is something the league should look at. I mean, I think it was a matter of, you know, trying to uh, help the, uh, the bubble teams try and get points and stay in the playoff run. Uh, but, uh, and that's obviously what it's done for the Islanders, but, uh, you know, for a team like Boston, they got one more, now Rangers have a game in hand on them, uh, but Boston's one point, uh, you know, one point ahead of them and they've got 26 losses and the Rangers have 20 and the Rangers have five more wins. So it's, I don't know what they could come up with. I know there was talk a while ago about going to like a three, two, one, uh, kind of tier where you got three points if you want in, in regulation. Uh, so I don't know if they would go back and look at that, but you know, I guess that's always a possibility too. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, so that's, that's kind of where I would go on that. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I think Philly's going to hang on though. I, I, I said, their side is playing pretty well and I'm out and I am out of here. Okay. I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on that on the final thoughts. We gotta get Scott get some time to talk, and then Carl, and then we we'll go into some final thoughts. Uh, I'll have to delay the plane. We go into some sort of uh, 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 landing pattern. Go ahead, uh, Scott. Fire away. Well, thank thank you, Steve, for uh, playing uh, the music off of Glenn. I'm glad I'm not the only one. So thank you for yeah. that. Um, I think it's safe to assume that in our division, nobody's catching the Rangers in Carolina. I think you can draw the line after Carolina because nobody else after that is really that good. I was looking up the standings um, from the next team, from Philly down all the way to the bottom except Columbus. So Philly, uh, the Devils, the Islanders, Caps and Penguins, not, not necessarily in that order, are seven points. And I looked at their last ten, and all five of them were playing 500 hockey over the last ten give or take some of some of even below so none of those teams are are great and none of those teams are terrible i don't think any of them are contenders um i think absolutely i agree with, with glenn that the uh you know the window 
of championship contending for the Crosby and Ovechkin era on those teams is over. But that being said, that third playoff spot and possibly a wild card is completely up for grabs. But, you know, just who's going to be the best of, of the mediocre teams? Which brings us back to the loser's point. Uh, yes, my uh, my not not my the arch rival and nemesis, because that's the Department of Player Safety uh, of the league. But uh, <laughs> one of them is my loser's point. And so you've got five teams separated by seven points. Now, I know that we've still got 20, 22 games to go, but fast forward seven games from now when we're down to like 13, and, you know, seven points, you know, should be doable. But the problem is when you've got to leapfrog four teams, it's just not possible because of that mm-hmm. loser's point. I mean, it, it, it's just uh, it just kills the pennant races. Uh, I, yes, I like the term pennant races, no matter what sport we're talking about. It's just a good term. Um, you know, it, it just it just kills that. And, you know, the, the loser's point, like the shootout, served their purpose. They both served a purpose. I know, you know, you're – purists, your quote-unquote purists, were against the shootout from the get-go. I liked it. I mean, I, you know, it's still exciting to go to, but I don't like it as part of the game anymore. Um, you know, when they, when they brought the loser point in, in what, 99, I think, um, and, and I think at the same time is when they knocked it from 5-on-5 five five to 4-on-4 four four because nobody liked to take chances in overtime. A five-minute regulation game, or a five-minute regular season game overtime was so boring because nobody liked to take chances because nobody wanted to risk that point. So they knocked it down to four on four and they gave it a loser's point. So, so overtime to be a little more exciting, but now when it's three on three, you cannot possibly play conservative. It's not possible. You cannot play for a tie in three on three. It's going to be wide open. There's going to be shots. There's going to be two on ones until somebody wins the game. Actually, it's it's unavoidable. So get rid of the loser's point. You know, I know we've got, we, 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 you know, got around the horn on, on everybody's proposal. Mine is get rid of the loser's point, get rid of the shootout, make three on three, 10 minutes in the rare event that nobody scores. And let's be realistic, nine out of 10 games easily, maybe nine and a half out of 10 games are going to end in the rare event that nobody wins a five, uh, a 10 minute three on three, then yes, call it a tie one, you know, every both teams get the point in the tie, but you don't have to worry about people teams playing conservatively for that point. You, you, you can't do it in a, in a five, in a five minute three on three, let alone a 10 minute three on three. It's just not possible. So the loser's point served its point. It served, it served its purpose. It got overtime exciting, um, it, but it's not needed anymore because, you know, you can't, it, it doesn't serve a purpose and it just kills the integrity of these late season pennant races. And you've got five teams battling for one, maybe two spots and, you know, seven games from now, who's ever's in that fifth spot is is pretty much eliminated because of that point, and it's just not right. All right, cool. Shout-out to you, Scott. Let's get the call, and then we get the final thoughts after that. So, yeah, you know, last week we were talking about the magic number being 10 points, and that would separate the Rangers from Carolina the rest of the way. Right now that's at seven, and I – Within, I figure the next two weeks, I have to see it when the Rangers play Carolina again uh, the rest of the way. But I feel like that would be the, the demarcation point. And then it seems like, now I don't know about anybody else, but it does seem like if you just kind of project this forward, that Carolina's matchup potentially with Philadelphia in the first round might be more difficult than the Rangers' matchup against one of the wild card teams. I, I'm, I've been sort of thinking about that, but... You know, I mean, we'll, I guess we'll have to sort of cross that big bridge when it comes to it. 
Um, but that's something uh, top of mind that I'm thinking about. Um, just kind of just perusing the rest of the league. You know, the one thing that I was going to save it for final thoughts, but I guess I can bring it up now because um, this is going to be part of the final thought anyway. Um, you might have noticed that the NHL is having some issues in Winnipeg uh, in terms of mm-hmm. attendance. Uh, the last yeah. three years, apparently tickets, uh, season tickets is down 30%. The sustainability of, of hockey in that market after coming back there, you know, just over, you know, just about 10 years ago might be in flux. And this comes at the same time that the Utah Jazz basketball owner is um, discussed earlier, uh, I think in the last day or two, renderings for a new arena uh, for the basketball team that would also serve as holding uh, for a hockey arena as well in the same in the same building. Uh, right now, I think it's called Vivint uh, Smart Home Arena. I think it's the old Delta Center in Salt Lake City where the where they've been playing for the last 30 years, and they're looking to do a new arena right there. And so I'm kind of reading the tea leaves. You may have been hearing about potentially Atlanta coming back into the mix again uh, with an NHL franchise with an arena probably around Cobb County right by um, Wintrust Park, right by where the Atlanta Braves play. And so you start putting the situations with some of the lower um, teams in there, with Arizona, Winnipeg, you put that – Put those sort of two and two together, and you can see a situ- situation where you've got some movement coming up here in the next couple of years with, with shifting these teams. Because in the case of, of Arizona, I, I, you can't keep playing hockey in a in a 4,000, 5,000-seat college arena. Like, that, 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 that doesn't work. It doesn't work for anybody. And, you know, if you're going to have issues in Canada again, just like Quebec had, just like when Winnipeg left the first time, eventually you're going to have to make, you know, the league can, because it's it's hurting the league money-wise because, you know, in a, I was checking this out, you know, 11 years ago, the, I think it was, it was 11 years ago, I think it was 11 years ago, the NHL salary cap and the NBA salary cap was basically identical. But over the last 10 years, the NBA salary cap has gone up by, I believe it's 200, I think it's 225%. Well, the NHL has gone up only about thirty percent. Well, that's the, because the they revenue, owe the money, though. That, that's that, because that, the players. All, yeah, but they're also, know, the league is also and, not and the TV contract, enough. right? Oh, that's, well, that's the, the 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 league is not making enough money. That's the issue, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. that you you know it's going to cost if you're going to get a new team in one of these uh, in one of these markets probably a billion dollars. You know, if you get a I don't know if you could do an expansion team. You're not, not going to mm-hmm. get one by moving a team there. So the league is, is in a sort of a, of a bind in trying to figure out how do they make these lower market teams that are not drawing do you know whole, while at the same time trying to figure a way to get additional revenues that would benefit you know all the teams in the league. All right. Yeah. Right. I mean that is something we could definitely talk about. We've been talking about it on and off. Pretty much um, in the off season and some of the season, and yeah, I mean, I kind of have my thoughts on that. We and we could definitely readdress that. So let's go ahead and land that plane, and then um, I'll go ahead and jump on into final thoughts first, and then we'll go to Glenn, Scott, Carl, and then RP. Everybody get about a minute each. Uh, so yeah, good episode. We'll be back next Tuesday, um, 8 p.m. However, I got to do a flex, got to do a schedule change two weeks from now. We're probably going to move the episode from Tuesday 
which would have been Tuesday to Monday. But I'll fill you guys in next week on that. That would be actually a post-game Monday versus the Devils. So uh, other than that, uh, check out the episode with the uh, Major League Soccer match days one for all the squads and a couple of uh, Real Salt Lake and and, uh, into Miami for uh, their match day twos. Uh, the National League, I talked a little bit of the National League over the weekend, and you guys can check that out. On those, and they got the American League coming on later this week. But uh, we got the basketball for Wednesday, and we got the football for Thursday. So uh, feel free to jump in and share the show. Uh, and that's my final thoughts. A good episode, guys. We'll go to Glenn. Give, give us a minute, Glenn. Same thing for Scott, Carl, and then RP, and we'll close the deal. Yeah, I'm going to give you a quick minute on the uh, in the what could have been category. Uh, there is a, uh, uh, a right wing named Patrick Kane, uh, who is uh, playing now for the Red Wings. And uh, Patrick Kane, I've noticed, has 28 points in 27 games. He's got four multi-point games in the last eight, and he's got an assist in seven of the last nine games. And uh, just gets you thinking that with the Rangers in need of a right wing, if Detroit had just signed him to an 11-year contract, Instead of a 10-year contract back in 2013, he'd be looking at uh, the end of his contract and might have been just what the doctor ordered for the Rangers this year. Just uh, unfortunate that the uh, timing was uh, last year when he was kind of debilitated with the hip. But I just want to point out that uh, Kane seems to have been making a uh, pretty good comeback from uh, that surgery that uh, was questionable that some guys can – come back from, especially his age. So just wanted to point out to anybody who might not be looking, Patrick Kane is doing well in Detroit. Yeah, and he had a game winner versus his old team, the Blackhawks. But, uh, Glenn, before we go, can you give me, give me 30 seconds? Because I was talking about it earlier about uh, the head coach for – or what would have been the head coach for the Blue Jackets. What was – if you – I couldn't find the answers. Do you know specifically what happened with Badcock? Why – exactly why? I mean, I, I didn't really get any more than, you know – yeah, you know, what, what I remember, like what I remember from that was that he was looking or asking to look at pictures on players' cell phones to get an idea of their family and what they like and yeah. stuff like that and everything. And uh, you know, I guess some of the older players, Johnny Gaudreau, if I remember correctly, didn't really care. Uh, but a lot of the younger players took exception to it. Uh, mm. I'd like to know what some of those pictures. I'd like to know what some of those pictures might have been. Uh, but but if I remember correctly, and anybody can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that's what it was about. It was about him uh, want, wanting to look at pictures on guys' phones. Yeah, that's that's what I knew. But I mean, was it more to that? But I don't know. If anybody want to fill in, feel free. But but Glenn, thank you very much. Well, Scott, I mean, you remember, was, you remember he ahead. was on touchy ground anyway to even come back to the league from uh, from you know his reputation. So probably wouldn't yeah. have taken much to. Uh, Push him back over the uh, the cliff again, and I think that's uh, why that was. They were like, let's just let's just cut this uh, let's just cut this off right now before we even get into the season. Okay, all right, cool, man. Thank you, Glenn. Scott, final thoughts. Give us a minute. Same thing with Carl and RP. Yeah, and also with regards to that Patrick Kane, uh, that the, the tribute. If anybody hasn't seen, uh, you know, the the tribute video when they with the the split screen, the video, and then watching Patrick Kane uh, it was very nice, very touching tribute in Chicago, and uh, you know, really long ovation. He ended up taking like three or four, you know, salute laps. It was it was pretty a uh, pretty nice video to see. Um, 
So I will just leave it with, um, I was not kidding with the first thing that I said or, uh, uh, on the show today. I did, in fact, order a Rempy jersey on Sunday. I got the, uh, and I got the Stadium Series one. I know we, we had a lot of uh, negative things to say about both of our alternates this year. Uh, I'm still not any softer on the, on the first alternate. I think that logo is just ginormous. Um, but the, uh, the stadium series jerseys kind of growing on me a little bit. Maybe it has something to do with the game going there, but they're kind of growing on me a little bit. And since that was Rempy's first game, um, that's the one that I opted to get. So we'll see how that comes. Um, and I also what arrived today is my 2012 winter classic, uh, captain Callahan Jersey. And I stand by my assertion that that 2012 winter classic Jersey is the greatest Ranger Jersey in history. Uh, feel free to unload on me next week anybody who takes offense to that yes even better than the standard home blues uh i absolutely love that jersey so i finally got one and the last thing uh just something to think about for next week after the yager uh retirement thing i saw something came up on a penguins fan page whatever uh said that their mount rushmore of players is better than any other team in the league which is of course crosby lemieux yager and um uh, Malkin and I, you know, immediately had something to say about that. So I was going through. Uh, basically, I made a I made a spreadsheet and I did every single team. Um, and I will reveal my <laughs> Ranger one next week. So uh, you something okay. to think about, and then we can get into that next week. So get your get your Rangers uh, Mount Rushmore ready for next week. And as far as the rest of the league, I think that might be better served uh, during the off season biweekly shows when we're starved for something to talk about. <laughs> That's great. Now, Scott, well, do us an honor real quick. Give us like 10 seconds. Give us two teams you want to pick for next Tuesday to discuss. Give us two real quick. And two we have two teams? Um, I'd like to yeah. dissect Boston because, um, yeah, okay. as, as Carl okay, pointed quick. out, uh, yeah, um, Boston and who, who else? Uh, but Detroit. I'd like to see just how much of a threat they really are. Okay. Now, right, you want to – you say you okay? I kind of cut you off, but you want to spend on those two real quick, and then we go to call, and then RP, and then we wrap up. I know we're out of time, but you want to fill in on that or not? What are you asking me about? Like, like currently the teams to talk about, or or the Mount Rushmore thing? Oh no, no, no! Never mind. Just let's just put that to the back burner because we can always talk about it okay. uh, next. Yeah, week. I was Boston, <laughs> about, about Boston and Detroit. Go ahead, Carl. Final thoughts, and then RP, and then we wrap up. Yes, another great episode in the books. Thanks, everybody. Um, you know, I was meaning to mention this a couple weeks ago. I, I saw this survey that NHL players were given, uh, and they listed a couple bunch. Of, they gave a bunch of questions. You know, like favorite, um, you know, favorite, you know, hardest, you know, best goal in the league, most overrated player. They actually they selected Tre- Trevor Zegers was actually voted on as the most overrated player according to the players in the league. But on, when it came to favorite road city to play in. Uh, almost universally, not universally, but two. There were two sort of standouts compared to the rest of the league. New York was second on the list, but Las Vegas was first, mm-hmm. far and away than any other team or any other city in the league. The next, third, the third best team was only a ten percent, but Vegas and New York took up forty-seven percent of all available space uh, according to the league. Some of the ones on the bottom of the list that didn't even register, like Raleigh, Toronto was at one percent, by the way. Chicago was at 2 and Boston was at 2%. But Vegas and New York, according to the NHL players, their favorite cities to play in in the league when they go out. Quite interesting. Quite interesting. Shout out to you, Carl, on that. I would like to know why. I mean, Vegas and New York makes sense. 
Boston and Toronto are actually good cities, despite their fans. These are those are two good cities. I'm surprised that is very low. But yeah, we, I would like to know why. If you could dig up why, that would be great to know. Or why those players thought that. I would like to know that. That's they did, they were they didn't. No one gave a quote in the story about uh, about that. I was actually very stunned. Um, but it was it, yeah. They have some quotes on like Nashville. I'm a big country music guy. Uh, on Tampa, the fans are great. It's loud. Uh, Chicago. Yeah, Nashville's great. Uh, let's see. Good atmosphere good atmosphere not as big as new york so i don't feel like the walls are closing in on me if i'm there for a few days that's what they basically said yeah I, yeah i mean I, we, we could all speak on a lot of these cities man shout out to you carl on that matter of fact maybe we can add that within the next couple of weeks we'll maybe we double down on that with the mount rushmore talk that scott brought up and then of course rp final thoughts uh, inside the rink uh, thoughts you got coming down the pike and everything else and then we'll close shop yeah vegas has been a surprise then when your arena is on the Vegas Strip, how can that be one of the best places to go visit and travel? I, I watched them build that place, and yeah, that, you, you can't beat that. I, I agree with that. Um, we've, we've beaten, we've covered everything we wanted to cover. Ranger Proud inside the rink, Empire Sports Media, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Thanks for another great show, Steve. And uh, all will not be melting down. Wins or losses, the playoffs are what's more important now, so. The Chester can keep playing hard. Lafreniere keep finding the net, and good things will happen. You guys have a good night. And good night to everybody. Shout out to everybody. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Uh, shout out to RP. Uh, follow my IG and Twitter and everybody else. Congress, ladies and gentlemen. Back next Tuesday, Blee Blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.